0: Man, This has been so much fun. Have you been enjoying watching all the videos? I literally have people living for these videos. Like they asked me, have y'all made the video yet for this Sunday? (laughs) They're so excited. But I want to just jump right into the word this morning. Today we are in the Grand Canyon. And as I knew that I was going to be given this Sunday to preach with um, my husband being out of town. I began praying about the Grand Canyon and, Lord, what do you want to say, you know, how does the Grand Canyon relate in our lives? What are you wanting to speak about that? And you know, what the Lord spoke to me was my love, my love. So today we're going to talk about the love of Jesus Christ. Give God praise for his love. How about give Jesus a hand for his love? Amen. If you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, you'll know why people say it's impossible to describe. Who's ever been to the Grand Canyon? It is an amazing experience. Someone telling you about it does not adequately enable you to comprehend how majestic and how breathtaking and how magnificent that it is. It's recorded that the Grand Canyon is 277 miles long, up to 18 miles wide, and is over a mile deep. The highest point of the Grand Canyon is 8,803 feet high. So to be in the face of it is to be in a state of awe. And it has been said that the Grand Canyon must be experienced before it is known. There are some things that must be experienced to truly grasp a hold of. When when I was growing up, my parents told me that they loved me, but I didn't fully grasp what they meant until I had my first child. When they placed my newborn baby in my arms and I looked at her, the love that I felt was so deep, so full, and so complete that in that moment I experienced and fully grasped the love that my parents had for me. Can I get a witness? Are there any parents in the room? You know what I'm talking about. My parents would tell me, and they're probably watching this morning because they watch every week. But my parents would tell me how they met, and my dad, he would say it was love at first sight. The moment he saw my mom, he said to himself, I could marry her. But it wasn't until I met Apostle Rayleigh with his long flowing curly hair, come on, (laughs) at Southeastern University, and I experienced that powerful moment When my heart began to pound and my palms were sweating, (laughs) that I fully understood what my parents' story was based upon. But there are some things that must be experienced to comprehend. Will you stand with me in this room as we read the Word of God today? I'm going to read a quick scripture. You can turn in Ephesians 3 if you have your Bible or you can Watch it on the screen. But Paul writes these words in Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Mm, I'm just going to start over and read that again. I was praying this morning and just found myself saying that. Can we read this as if we are... We are in Paul's prayer. Can you just see him kneeling? We bow our knees to the Father when we pray. We bow our knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole he- family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you According to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Who needs his strength? The enemy comes against us strong. And we can't overcome him if we don't have the strength of his might in our inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Will you slip your hands up today and let's pray. Father, we give this time to you. We give our minds to you right now, our hearts to you right now, all that we are to you to hear and receive your word and what you want to say to us. Father, across this room, from me and all the way across this house, Lord, we open our hearts and we say, Lord, let us begin to experience. Let us comprehend. Let us come to know in our being the love that you have for us today. We thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for your anointing. I thank you for your strength in my body and in my voice today. And I give you all the glory for what you're going to do in this house in this moment in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Will you turn to somebody and just give them a big high five and before you're seated. Amen. So verse 18 says this, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. It's like Paul is telling us he wants us to know something that we can't know. But to comprehend means to lay hold of to take possession of, to lay hold of so as to make one's own, to take into oneself, to experience it. He, he says it's beyond your understanding, but you can experience it, and to do so, you can and you must lay hold of it. God wants you to experience His love. He loves you. He loves you. God loves you. And anything that blocks his love in your life is from the enemy. One of the main tactics of the enemy is to tell us that God does not love us. Has anybody ever heard the enemy, heard a voice in your head tell you God doesn't love you? Can I get a witness? Look across this room. It is one of the main tactics of the enemy to tell us that God does not love us, especially in hard times and seasons. And I know how the enemy works in that way. And if he can convince you that God does not love you, then he has won a big victory. If he can convince you that your past disqualifies you from God's love, then he's won a double victory. And if he can persuade you that you're not worthy of his love or to do the things he has called you to do or to receive his promises, then he has won a tremendous victory. You were made for love. And one of the most beautiful things about the love of God is that he will never consult your past to determine your future. You know what he will consult? He'll consult the blood. Somebody shout the blood. The blood has erased my past and it no longer defines me. Somebody shout the blood. Come on, that's shouting stuff right there. Your past no longer defines you in the eyes of God. But we must know that anything we believe that is contrary to the word of God is simply another ploy of the enemy. It's another ploy of his confusion against your life. <clears throat> From the garden with Adam and Eve, the enemy has been convincing people to doubt God's word, to doubt what he says about you, to, doubt about, to have you doubt what, who he is and who he says he is. But remember, doubts are not of the Holy Spirit. They are of the devil. Doubts are not from the Holy Spirit. They are from the enemy. They're not of God. They come from the devil, the enemy of your soul. God's language is love. God's language is victory. Come on. God's language is I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who loves us. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus didn't love to get something from us, but to get something to us to get life, to get healing, joy, peace, victory. Power. He loved us to get something to us. Some of us have only experienced love on this earth from people who are trying to get something from us. And sometimes that's the way we view God. But that Jesus didn't come. To, he didn't love to get something from us. He, la- he loved to get something to us. And Paul describes Christ's love in this four-dimensional manner. That you may be able to comprehend With all the saints, what is the width and the length and the depth and the height? I see four dimensions of God's love revealed here by Paul. So if I would put a title on our message this morning, it would be Love in Four Dimensions. Tell your neighbor, Love in Four Dimensions. I'm, talking, I'm going to talk in the water bottle. <laughs> Help me, Lord. Y'all pray for a sister this morning. Literally, today is like the first day out. This whole week, I was, I was in the bed dealing with all this cold stuff that's going around. So, praise God, I'm here. <laughs> Amen? So, you never know what I'm going to do or what I'm going to say. But love in four dimensions Number one, the wide love of Christ. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, I just thought about this. This is so funny. Oh my goodness, I'm getting sidetracked here. We, when, do y'all remember COVID when we had to do all of these services and we were having to film? And it was Easter. And we were in here trying to film for Easter. And we had filmed the whole Easter service, and we had went through Don, he was here. We had went through the whole service, done the whole thing, realized what it wasn't being recorded or something. And so it's, it's like midnight and it's Easter the next day, and we've got to get this film. So my husband had to preach the whole message again at midnight. And so he's up there hammering the, the nail on the cross. <laughs> and he grabs the hammer just like, just like I just did. I just did what he did. He grabbed the hammer and began to speak into the hammer. <laughs> I just realized it was like déjà vu. Oh my god, I'm like my husband. Help me, Lord. <laughs> oh, let's get back to our text now. The wide love of Christ. Colossians 3:11 says this, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. I just feel a praise in this place today. We might as well just go ahead and get it out of the way and praise him because his love is so wide for us. Amen. The width of God's love in Christ stretches wider than one church, wider than a denomination, wider than a language, wider than a country or a continent or a race. In fact, when it comes to God's love, the only race is the human race. Amen. And as I was meditating on the wide love of Christ, I was brought to the prophet Jonah. When God told the prophet Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach the message of repentance, but Jonah not wanting to give God's love and compassion to be given to a non-Jewish pagan people, he ran in the other direction. Instead, he bought a ticket to Tarshish. But the Lord sent a storm over the sea that began threatening the lives of everyone on his ship. We know the story. Jonah was asleep while all this was going on until the captain finally came down to where he was and said, How in the world are you sleeping in the middle of all of this? And when Jonah woke up and told him, hey, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the land. They knew the storm was all his fault. They said, this is all because of you. And he convinced them to throw him overboard. And so here they pray. And the Bible says they prayed to the Lord in Jonah 1.14. And they said, oh Lord, don't hold us responsible for his death. You have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Can I tell you what his reason was? His reason was love. His reason was love for a people. His reason for was for love for a people who were unrighteous, who were cruel, who were being violent to one another. It was because of love. And God will even allow storms because sometimes it takes a storm for His love to be fully revealed. It was the storm that was necessary to be able to reach the people of Nineveh. And sometimes it takes a storm. It's not a contradiction to God's love to get a storm to us if it's what will be the best for us. Come on, I hear some people say, well, if God loves me, how could he allow, how can he allow this storm in my life? It doesn't contradict God's love to get a storm to us. If he knows that's what will bring us right back into the center of his will for our good. His discipline is not a contradiction for him to do that. So that he can bring blessing and goodness into our life. If he didn't allow you to have it, baby, it's because he loved you. It's because he knew you prayed for it and said, well, God, you didn't answer my prayer. You must not love me. No, he must have loved you so much that he didn't let you have it because he knew it would be the worst thing for you. You see, I'm not going to say that I've loved my storms, but I can say that my storms and my struggles and my hard times have shown me the greatest dimension of God's love and care. It's revealed how much grace is in His love. Oh, is there anybody who can testify that there's been some storms that have revealed to you His love and how powerful His love is to you? Amen. And God sent a fish to swallow Jonah and to save him. And when He spit Jonah out, He told him to go to Nineveh again and tell them to repent. The king and everyone in the city responded, repented, and turned from their evil ways. And when God saw how they put a stop to their ways, he changed his mind, and he did not destroy them. Jonah was angry with the Lord, and he said, That's why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You see, Jonah didn't like the Assyrians. They had been long a threat to Israel. They were an enemy, and he didn't think they deserved God's mercy. But tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor, God's love is wide. It's not just for people like you or people who you like. Come on. God's love is wide. And his love was not just for Israel. It was not just. For the Jewish people. But God had a mission. He had a plan for the people of Israel. That they would glorify Him. That was His plan. That they would glorify Him in the nations and in the world. And they would show the world who God really is. It wasn't just about them. But it was about God using them to demonstrate to the world the nature of who God is. And they were called the people of God. But when they were not able to fulfill that plan of God, of showing His glory and displaying who He is and influencing all the nations for God's glory, He still kept His covenant and promise that He would rescue the world through them. And He did that when He raised a Jew up in the womb of a virgin girl named Mary. And He came and He lived a sinless life and He preached the kingdom of God. And He went to the cross and He died for our sins. And He rose from the grave and He ascended to the Father. And he's coming back again one day. He's promised to return. Jesus created out of his own death and his own blood a new people of God called the church. Somebody say his love is wide. It's not for one, but it's for all. It's the wide love of Christ. And Ephesians 2.14 says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. His love is so wide. It's so wide that we got included in it. Oh, Somebody needs to give him praise about that. The width of God's love extends across the whole world. And it includes everyone that he has created. It extends from America to New Zealand, from Argentina to Russia, and all points in between. Come on, the church of God is a large church. We can look around at the circle of people that we run with and think, how, how, is, how are we going to accomplish what we need to accomplish? It's just a few of us know. The people of God, the church of God, the love of God has extended to a wide, vast amount of people. And God never made a person that he didn't love. He made you and he loves you. And when we apprehend such wide love, our love can't be narrow. My husband and I were at a church in Tampa. You've heard us talk about that. Um, Living in our neighborhood that we lived in. Lock your doors. Secure your belongings. That was our neighborhood. And... Our church was in just as rough of of a neighborhood, and we wanted to leave there. Like, we were there for seven years married, and a lot of those seven years, we wanted to leave. Have you ever been—God ever put you in a place, and like, the whole time, you God's made me stay here. I want to leave, but He won't let me leave. Okay, that's where we were. And there was this church that invited us to come, and we thought, oh, hallelujah, maybe this is God. You know, it's not really the— the city that we would like to live in, not even the state that we would like to live in. But God, we, we just want something different. We're just ready for something new. And so <clears throat> we went to this church and, you know, we're, we're sitting there and we're telling them our vision. We're meeting with the board and we're telling them, you know, about how we had this vision. Because even before we came to Calvary, you heard of all the bus ministry. We did that when we were youth pastors at this church in Tampa we did sidewalk Sunday school. We we bust kids in. We we went to the prisons. We did all that. That's always been our vision ever since we first came into the ministry. And so we come to this church and we're telling them about how we see, you know, we could bus in kids and we can we can bring people in from neighborhoods and places that wouldn't normally be able to get to this church and you know people that they don't necessarily look like us or smell like us or they're, they're not even maybe the same color of our skin, but we could bust them in and we could bring them in and we could do all of this. And they just looked at us and then they began to tell us how that probably wouldn't work there because those kind of people would come in and soil the carpet, that it would stain their pews. And they just began going on and on about, how that that probably just wouldn't really work too well in that church. Do you know what our response was to their invitation to be their pastor? Thank you, but no thank you. We've been apprehended with a wide love. And when you've been apprehended with a wide love, your love can't be narrow. You know, selfishness closes the door on love. Selfishness gives only to who we want to. Selfishness only gives when we want to. It only gives how we want to. But that's not the love that Paul prayed that we would apprehend and experience for ourselves. The love of God is a wide love. It's everyone. It's everybody. Amen. Somebody give God praise. Will you just take 30 seconds? I just keep getting overwhelmed with the wide love of Christ. Somebody that has experienced the wide love of Christ. Come on, there are no outcasts. Maybe you're here in this place and you're like, no, I, 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 I'm an outcast. That, that love's not wide enough for me. No, somebody give him praise. Uh, that his love is wide. It accepts all, hallelujah, everyone. The length of the love of Christ. Number two. The love of Christ began before time began. You want to know how long it is? It began before time began. Revelations 13 tells us that our names were written in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. He has set his heart upon us and his affections toward us all the way back in eternity. The length of his love began in eternity, and we know that it continues today because Hebrews 13:8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. His love is always the same. There are no interruptions in it. It is an unbroken line. Whatever happens, it keeps going. Come on. <clears throat> His love doesn't stop and then start again. It's a love that never gives up and it never lets go. And one of the most powerful examples is in the parable of the prodigal son of how long the love of Christ is. Jesus told a story about a man who had two sons. The younger son wanted his share of his father's estate. And he took that money, we know it, and he went out and he spent it all, the Bible said, on wild living. Somebody say wild living. Somebody in here used to do some wild living. I hope you weren't doing some wild living last night. Come on. That's in the past. Amen. He wasted it all on the pleasures of this world. And before too long, his money ran out and he was hired by a farmer to feed his pigs. And the Bible said he got so hungry that even what the pigs were eating looked good to him. And in that moment, he came to his senses. He had an epiphany. And he realized, at home, my father has hired servants and food to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. And Luke fifteen twenty says, So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house. And put it on him get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening we must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and he has now returned to life he was lost but now he is found (laughs) i love you church Verse 15 says, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. God's love is so incredible. He will love you even when you're a long way off. Somebody say, I was a long way off. Woo! I was a long way off in my sin. I was a long way off in my struggle. I was a long way off in my addiction. I was a long way off in my own way. But the love of Jesus Christ, when I was a long way off, his love was long. Woo! Somebody give him praise because his love is long. Woo! There's a lot of reasons that I love the Father. And one of the main ones is that when I was, he loved me when I was a long way off. The Bible says that he is long suffering. That means he bears long. He has long patience. He is patiently enduring. If you know God has suffered long for you, his patience has been long for you. Raise your hands and take a moment and see the length. See the length that God was willing to go to save you. Somebody set your eyes on the length that God went to save your life hallelujah His love is long It's so long He's the God of second chances I know there's been times in my life And I thought God I've returned to those same patterns So many times I know you're tired of me I know you're tired of trying to rescue me Trying to to call me back Trying to reach out to me again God are you done with me Are you just going to say She just keeps going back I'm just going to I'm just going to forget her. No, the love of God just continues, and it continues. And it's second chance. It's third chance. It's fourth chance. It's fifth chance. It's sixth chance. Come on. You haven't walked away too many times. You haven't repeated the same patterns too many times that have made his love run out for you. His love is long for you. Oh, somebody praise the Lord because his love is long. It doesn't run out. You're in this place today because His love is long. Somebody can admit this morning that you were a long way off. And somehow the love of Jesus wrapped around you and got you here today. Run, my sister, run. Because the love of Jesus is long for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. His love will go the distance for you. It never gives up. Just like the father of the prodigal son. It's always looking. It's always longing. And it's always loving. The Bible says his love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Oh, he's had to endure with me. He's had to endure with me. Come on, somebody. And if there's anybody in this room that he has not had to endure with, you stand up right now. Come on. We know it's the truth, don't we? He's had to endure with us. Somebody give the Lord one more praise. His love is wide and his love is long. Number three, the third dimension of his love is the depth of the love of Christ. Romans 5 8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not after we got better, not after we got improved. Not after we got saved, not after we made him some promises, (laughs) not after we laid down some sins and dropped some bad habits, but this scripture said while we were yet sinners in our most wicked state, in our rebellion, (laughs) come on, Christ died for us. I'm glad to tell you there is nothing shallow or superficial about the love of God. It's deep, y'all. Come on, I'm from the South. It's deep, y'all. In eternity, our Lord was in the form of God. This is how deep His love is. He was God the Son from eternity. But Philippians tells us that he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That means that he did not regard his equality with God as a prize to be held on to. Rather, he humbled himself and he came into this world of sin and shame in the form of a man. The almighty God, the creator of all things, born from the womb of a young virgin girl in the poverty and lowliness of a stable. He worked as a carpenter with his hands, God Almighty. He endured being hated, misunderstood, despised, and rejected by men. He suffered from weariness and hunger and thirst. Men laid cruel hands on him, arresting him and trying him and mocking him and jeering at him and spitting in his most holy face, They condemned him to death, scourging him, placing the weight of the heavy cross on him. They nailed him on the tree and listened to his expressions of agony at the thirst that he endured and the pain that he suffered. And he felt the weight of our sin be laid upon him. He even lost sight of the face of the Father for the one and only time. And He gave up the ghost and He died and was buried and laid in a grave. He is the author of life, the creator of everything, and He lies dead in a grave. You can't go any deeper than the grave. But there's a greater revelation of the depth when we realize that while we were yet sinners, He went to the grave. The depth of the love of Christ is that He did it for sinners. Oh, he didn't do it for people who were good to Him. There was nothing in us to call forth that love. No, nothing, nothing. Nothing. He did it because of His deep deep love for us. That tells me that there's no sin that is deeper than his love. There's no struggle that is deeper than his love. It reaches down to the depth of our sin all the way down through the darkness. It reaches to the lowest point of our lifestyle. It comes all the way to our pit and it meets us there. It's a love that knows we can't save ourselves, deliver ourselves, or lift ourselves out of our mess. So it comes rushing in to our deepest place to save us. And if you think you've gone too far and fallen too low, I'm here to tell you today that His love knows no bounds. Hallelujah. Paul said, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you're thankful there is nothing shallow about the love of Christ, take a minute and thank Him for how deep His love went for you. Somebody needs to praise him because he came all the way down to where you were. You couldn't lift yourself up. You were in a desperate place. But his love reached out and got you when you couldn't get yourself. Hallelujah. It's the deep love of Christ. You've not gone too low for his love. That it can't reach you. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for His love. He loves us where we are. Amen. He loves us where we are. He comes to where we are and His love meets us there and rescues us there. But I'm also thankful that He loves us too much to leave us where we are. Can I get a witness this morning? Because there is another dimension of the love of God. And it is the fourth dimension. It is the fourth dimension of the love of God. It's the height. Somebody say the height of the love of Christ. I've got this scripture on the screen. And I want us to read it together. Because I want you to hear it coming out of your own mouth. Sit up there? Let's read it together. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead in... He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus Woo. Hallelujah Just like we didn't Earn, deserve, or do anything in ourselves to obtain his wide love, his long love, his deep love. So it is with the position that we have been given through this fourth dimension of his love. I can tell you I've I've experienced his love that's been spread wide for me. It went the distance for me. It reached down low for me. But there is a fourth dimension of His love. A place in Him that I hear the Spirit speaking to this morning. As I would prepare for this message, it was like this was the zero in. Let's zero in on this fourth dimension of the love of God. When He raised us. Somebody said, He raised me. And seated me in heavenly places. Of course, He didn't raise our physical body. We are still living on this earth. But it's our spiritual reality. We reap the benefit of His position of divine authority. And we have access through Jesus to all of heaven's privileges and blessings. The devil doesn't want you to lay hold of this. He doesn't want us to lay hold of, take possession of, walk in the experience of the fourth dimensional love of Christ. He doesn't want you to grasp the height of the love of Christ for you. Because if you grasp where and how God's love has raised you, you are going to be the devil's worst nightmare. Being seated in heavenly places with Christ describes our union with Him and the exalted position of authority that we have now in Him. So watch this. When you speak to demons, you are talking to them from heavenly places. Meaning the power and authority of your words come from a position in the Spirit that is God's position. To be raised with Christ is to step into the next dimension of who God has called us to be. Yeah, he came to where we were. And he came low to get us. But he didn't leave you low, girl. He didn't leave you low, sir. His fourth dimensional love raises you up. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. I have been crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. That's the fourth dimension. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hmm. The fourth dimension is faith. It's it's being raised to realize uh, I am seated in heavenly places. What God says I have, I have. I am seated with Christ. I am in union with Him. It's believing. It's speaking. It's demonstrating the heavenly realm. God has raised us. He has raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. In other words, I'm raised out of intimidation and into if God is for me, who can be against me? I'm raised out of a poverty mindset into blessed is the one who trusts the Lord. I'm raised out of not enough into my God is more than enough. I'm raised out of a victim mentality and into I am more than a conqueror. I'm raised out of depression to the joy of the Lord is my strength. You have been raised out of a place and you have been raised to a place. And it's time for the church to begin to realize that because of the love of God, you are raised you have been raised I'm raised out of addiction and into I am set free by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony that's where I live from yeah our body is here but we have been raised Come on. And this is, I believe, what the Spirit is saying to the church this morning. That we must lay a hold of and take possession of the fourth dimension of the love of God and where He has positioned you. You see, I believe when the church gets the revelation, when the church gets the revelation and the experience and we lay hold and we begin to take possession of the position that we have been given, there will come a spirit of acceleration. I believe it. all the church in these last days where she has lagged behind the enemy. She will no longer lag behind. She will no longer be overtaken, but we will release the kingdom. We will release our kingdom assignment. We can live from that fourth dimension place that he has called us. We will speak from a higher place. We will live from a higher place. We will lay hands on the sick and we will see them made well because we live in that place. Fourth dimension faith because we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I need somebody to shake off the old this morning. To shake off the old mentality that you've been walking in. Even though you experienced the wide love and the long love and the deep love, you still have not experienced the high love. You've still been bound by a low-level way of thinking, a low-level way of living. God says, Come up higher this morning. I have raised you up. I have seated you in heavenly realms. You have kingdom authority. You are in union with Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. And how do, how, do, how do we experience that? It's still not anything that we earned. So we can't get haughty and proud when God starts doing big things in our lives because we still didn't deserve this love. We still didn't deserve the love that raised us up to this place that we're walking into faith and power and victory. So there's no room to strut around and get prideful but to say, God, I thank you for the love of Jesus Christ that has raised me up to live a life that I couldn't have lived without your love. And how do we do it? Watch where Paul goes with this. He says, What is the width and length and depth and height? To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And then verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power That works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. In other words, no more limiting God by your own limitations. When you walk in the fourth dimension of His love, you realize I can't limit God anymore with my own limitations. We even take it into the prayer closet. We're looking at something like somebody's got diagnosed with leukemia, and we're in there Saying God, oh, I know I know you can heal this headache, God, but I'm just gonna trust you. And you know, if you if you want to heal this leukemia, I know that, that that that's really big, you know. And we put our own limitations of what we feel like we can do. Oh, God, I trust you for this headache, you know, because we know if that headache don't go away, we can go take a bare aspirin, come on or a Tylenol. But it's coming to a place where we take our limits off realizing unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above more than you can ask or think is there anybody in here and God has ever done something that just blew your mind like I know there's been people and I thought there is no way God can save them there is no way they'll ever turn to the Lord and then all of a sudden God saves them and they're preaching come on They're preaching across the world. You know, I mean, have you ever known God to heal something? You just thought, man, I just, they're they're near death's door. I don't even, there's no way they can turn around. And then God comes in and he heals and he shows up. He can heal. He can can provide a million dollars for you just as easy as he can provide five cent. There, There is nothing impossible for God. And we have to take our own limitations off of him. I don't know how many times God has done things to reiterate that to us. That he is God. That he is the God of the impossible. He is the God who will raise us. He is the God who will heal us. He is the God who can save to the uttermost. Who can deliver the strongest addict? He is able to do the impossible. His love has raised you to live in a dimension that is not of this world. To take your own limits off and live in a place of faith, of speaking faith, of believing faith. Understanding that he has raised you, seated you in heavenly places with Christ. (laughs) Hallelujah. And his love will raise you higher and higher as you keep your feet planted in Christ. It will open doors for you that no man can open. It will set you before kings. It will put you in positions you're not qualified for. It will release miracles through your life. You won't even be able to explain your own story. That's how great the love of God is and the height of his love. He wants to take us to that height. He wants us to walk in this fourth dimension of his love. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of living in the width of his love. We we see that in this room. Every person of every race, we see the wide love of Christ represented. We know how long he endured for us. We know how long he suffered for us, how many times he called us back when we walked away. We get that. We know how deep God went to save us we all have that story but do we have that story where we are walking in the fourth dimension that we are living breathing believing, functioning that I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus because I am am in union with him hallelujah and the enemy is under my feet, come on If we're living in that fourth dimension, when the enemy comes against you and brings discouragement, when you're living in that fourth dimension, you know what you do? You realize who you are and you say, Devil, you better get on out of here. Fear, you better go out of here. Anxiety, you dare to come at me? I am seated in heavenly places. I bind you right now and God binds you and you have to go from my life. That is the position for his church that he has called us to live in. And I just, I heard the Spirit of God speaking to this fourth dimension in my spirit. It's like you got the other three. But it's time for the church to come up higher. Woo! It's time for us to come up higher. It's time for us to begin to walk in faith, to believe God is who He said He is, to believe you can do what He said you can do, to believe He is in you, who He said that He is in you. Hallelujah. Somebody shout the fourth dimension. The fourth dimension. Oh, come on. I want you to just stop right now and give God praise for the fourth dimension. And I want you to say, Lord, take me higher. Come on, let's just take a minute to set our eyes on the fourth dimension. God, you want me to raise my level of thinking. You want me to raise my level of believing. Your love has lifted me. Your love has raised me. So I declare I'm stepping in my new season this morning. I'm stepping in a new season of power. I'm stepping in a new season of faith. I'm stepping in a new season of victory. I'm stepping in a new season of purpose. I'm walking as a daughter of God. I'm living as a son of God. No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. The love of God is for me and he has raised me above this earthly realm. I don't live according to what this world says. I don't live according to how this world thinks, but I am a kingdom kid. Oh, I say, I am a kingdom, kid. Come on, somebody. I have authority and I have power. And it's power from another world. It's power that rebukes demons and devils. He put every principality and power underneath his feet when God raised Christ Jesus and set him at the right hand of the father in heavenly places and put all things underneath his feet and now the bible says as children of god he has seated us right there with him why are you running from the devil he's been put underneath your feet Why are you toying with that depression? It's been put underneath your feet. Somebody tell it to go. Tell it to go. Tell it to go. In the name of Jesus, you live in the heavenly realm. You have power and authority. Woo! Lay hold of it. Somebody lay hold of it this morning hold of it. Paul said you can't understand it, but you can apprehend it. You can lay hold of it. You can experience it. You can grasp it by the Spirit of God. Right now the Spirit of the Lord is releasing over you and understanding ooh, and understanding a mindset Oh, it's not something we can fully understand, but we can comprehend it in the Spirit. I am raised with Christ. I am raised with Christ. I am who He says I am. I can do what He says I can do. I can accomplish what He's called me to do. I, I am anointed. I am appointed. Hallelujah, hallelujah, the devil is under my feet. Every attack, every weapon that he's slung at me, I cast it down right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, he's giving somebody your marching orders this morning. Uh, he's given somebody your marching orders. He's calling you out and he's calling you up. He's calling you forth. There's been some Jonas. The Lord spoke specifically to me about that story of Jonah because there's somebody and you've been running from what God has called you to do. He had me remind you of that story of Jonah this morning to remind you of the call that's still on your life. You ran in the other direction but the callings of God are sure they're still intact. Somebody needs to answer the call of God this morning. Uh, hallelujah. Come on, surrender. Surrender. Surrender to his call. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 Woo! One, two, three, four dimensions of love. Four dimensions of love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the wide love, the long love, the deep love, and the high love of where He raises us to. None of it because we did anything to earn it. None of it. But we have a right to it because of the love of God because of the love of God. People are like, I don't feel worthy of his love. We're not. Just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you loved us so much. You're a God of love, and you're a God of justice. You can't accept sin. You have to deal with sin in our lives, but when you knew you had to, you sin away. That all we had to do was believe on Jesus. All we had to do was believe on Him. Want you right now? Close your eyes and bow your heads across this room. And maybe there's somebody want to do this that you've never experienced this love of Christ. You feel like a long way off this morning. You feel real low, and you've never. Encounter that love reaching to where you are and experience it. If that's you, to the place today, I want to tell you that God loves you and I believe He brought you here to save you so that you could encounter His love. He loves you. Is there anybody in this room? You say, Pastor Don, I want to know Him. I want to know that love. Will you raise your hand? Anybody across the room? I see that. I see those hands. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Many hands across this room this morning. And I want us to right now put our hands over our heart, and I'm going to just pray a prayer. And after we pray this prayer together, I want to invite you, if you did raise your hand, we have some prayer team members down here in the front. I'm going to ask you to come down and just talk to them after we pray this prayer. I want us to all pray this prayer together today. Put your hand on your heart this morning. Raise your other hand and surrender to Him. Will you just pray after me? Say, Heavenly Father, thank You for Your love in Christ Jesus. That when I couldn't get to You, You sent Your Son to come to where I was. And His love has reached me today. 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 Today I give my life. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you my mind. I give you all that I am. I surrender to your love for me. Today, Lord, I ask you to come into my heart forgive me of all my sins cleanse me from all unrighteousness and make me new I declare today Lord that you are raising me up you are raising me up to reign with you thank you Jesus for saving me In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, let's give God praise for his word this morning. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, I'm about to dismiss. If you prayed that prayer, I'd like for you to come up and just meet with one of our altar team members so that we can pray with you personally. But church, it was a privilege and a blessing to get to speak to you today. On the love of Christ. On the love of Christ. I pray that this week you go in his love. In everything that you do. We don't work for love. We work from love. Jesus loves us. He loves you. Live in his love this week. His wide love. His long love. His deep love. His high love. And give it to everybody that you can. Amen. God bless you. If you're a first-time guest with us today, I'd love to meet you right in the lobby.